It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News, and we're going to continue to march our way towards the top of the hour. Reminder, a programming note that we will take live the Governor's Coronavirus Task Force press conference today. Uh, that will feature both Governor Gary Herbert uh, and also uh, Dr. Dunn. Uh, so they will have a, a few things to say there. That will be uh, interesting as always. We'll, you'll get full analysis here on KSL News Radio. As I mentioned before the break, uh, we had a, a just a great conversation yesterday with Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs from the UK. Uh, he has a new book out uh, called Morality, Restoring the Common Good in Divided Times. And uh, we had a really wide-ranging conversation yesterday, but I wanted to bring some of it back uh, to today to just break it down and slow it down just a little bit for everyone uh, sometimes you get into those uh, conversations. I, I found myself going back through last night and just kind of savoring some of the principles that are like, wow, that was awesome. Uh, and things that I learned, I always learn something uh, from our guests on this show and uh, from the things that you send in uh, on our text line. Uh, and that's good. It elevates the conversation. It, it expands my mind and my view of what's possible and where we are. And uh, that was uh no different yesterday with uh, with Rabbi Sachs. And, and so first, uh, we, we talked a little bit yesterday about uh, this coming weekend uh, being the uh, Jewish New Year and how it would be different uh, than it's been in the past. See, it's going to be a really tough one because we're not really going to be able to fill the synagogues because mm. of the need for uh, social distancing. Um and I think for the first time ever, um, not everyone who wants to come to synagogue is going to be able to go there. So uh, it, it, it's challenging. Um, it is the day where the Bible tells us that we are supposed to sound the ram's horn. And it's a kind of warning uh, that, you know, there is such a thing as divine judgment and so on. So it's a it's a really really emotional day or two days, yeah. um, but on the other hand, everyone sends their friends a present of honey because that is supposed to be a sign for a sweet new year. Mm. So I think we're going to need quite a lot of honey this year. <laughs> And of course, we uh, we told him that uh, the the great beehive state here of Utah that we'll be sending him some honey and a, a really nice honey pot to go with that uh, to celebrate the Jewish New Year. And uh, I, I love this idea. He he talked about uh, the sounding of the ram's horn, and I do think there's an important principle in that that all of us are looking for some certainty 
Uh, one of the causes, I think, of a lot of the weariness that's out there in the world is there is so much uncertainty. Uh, and uh, if we go to the, the biblical terms, uh, the uncertain trumpet, uh, the sound of an uncertain trumpet uh, causes confusion. And I think it's an area that over the past several years and the past six months for sure, there has been a lot of uncertain sounds uh, as it relates to the coronavirus, you know, uh, mass, no mass, good, not good, be together, herd immunity, no herd immunities, isolate, don't isolate, uh, a lot of uncertain sounds. And when that's the case that we're in, a lot of people just hunker down and do nothing. Uh, or we get really stressed. We get really discouraged. We get frustrated. And there's still a lot of that in the country. And so I do like the idea that rolling into this Jewish New Year, uh, that there will be a certain sound, uh, a leadership sound, a sound that can call us uh, to our better angels and our better natures, can call us to live up to the principles we profess to believe. And uh, Rabbi Sachs uh, just did a a great job uh, talking us through that yesterday. We also wanted to connect to our pursuit of happiness and what that looks like and what that means. And I actually want to refer to a uh, quote from the rabbi uh, that uh, was first introduced to me. uh, The first time I saw this was uh, from Elder Quentin L. Cook of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he was quoting Rabbi Sachs uh, in in another setting. And uh, it was really interesting. This is the quote. If there is one thing that great institutions of the modern world do not do, it is to provide meaning. Science tells us how, but not why. Technology gives us power, but cannot guide us as to how to use that power. The market gives us choices, but leaves us uh, uninstructed in terms of how to make those choices. The liberal democratic state gives us freedom to live as we choose, but refuses to guide us as to how to choose. And then I love this net. The result is that the 21st century has left us with a maximum of choice and a minimum of meaning. I asked the rabbi to dig a little deeper and explain that to us. Well, you know, it's a curious thing. There's something called the paradox of choice. So, for instance, if a supermarket has five different jars of marmalade, do you have marmalade in the States? We have more jam. Jams and jellies. Jam, jam. Okay. you got five different pots of jam. Then people love it. They choose the jar that they like, and um, everyone's happy. However, what happens, of course, is supermarkets put on a display of 200 <laughs> different kinds of jam. Yes. And when you have 200 different kinds of jam, nobody knows what to choose whatsoever. They stand there, not able to make their mind up. They get thoroughly depressed. <laughs> and unfortunately, we have always assumed the more choice, the better. Actually, it's not true. Mm. It's not the more choice, the better. It's the more meaning, the better. I don't know uh, what I, 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 I'm so English that I really don't understand these things. <laughs> but I kind of guess from some of the films that I've seen that uh, when your father buys you your first baseball bat, that's a kind of rite of passage. Yeah. It kind of says that he is trying to have a relationship with you. And there you have a minimum of choice, but a maximum of meaning. 
because you may just remember that uh, baseball bat for the rest of your life. So we've been so obsessed by economics and, and money and choice that we've lost track of the really important thing, which is what are, what are the meaningful things in my life, like my relationship with my father or like my relationship with my close friends and what have you. Um, we've put the emphasis in the wrong direction. And truth is, choose the things that will have the maximum of meaning and not the other things that really don't. You know what? If you have a car that goes eight miles per hour slightly faster or you have the new smartphone that has even more pixels than the last one, even though you can't actually tell the difference, we've become obsessed with these little, little details and we've lost sense of the big picture. Why do we do or buy anything? in order to have a life flooded with meaning and lit by the light of love and affection. Such great insight there. Finally, I want to get uh, quickly to uh, focusing on <clears throat> the right things that the rabbi alluded to there, but finding meaning, finding meaning in family and family connection and relationships uh, and really doing the things that matter most. Uh, Elena and I just did height of the lockdown, just celebrated now our um, golden wedding, our 50th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. And we first met uh, when I was 20 and she was 19. Mm. And uh, I I tried to explain once what actually happened. We were at university and uh, I was studying philosophy and I was studying the French existentialists. In other words, all the guys who are really, really miserable. <laughs> and uh, I saw across the courtyard a young lady who was the most unusual thing I'd ever seen. Namely, she's someone who radiated sunshine. Mm-hmm. And I suddenly realized that young lady is the person most unlike me I have ever <laughs> encountered. It took all of three weeks to propose, and 50 years later, we've had a life of real happiness. So that's the way families actually are. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's about making space for the other person Mm. to be different from you. Oh. And that's been the core of our happiness. All right, again, you can uh, hear all of my conversation with Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs uh, on our Facebook page or uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to that. And uh, so much meaning there, so many important things that uh, we got from our conversation with uh, Rabbi Sachs. And, uh, again, he's doing an event today down at the Wheatley Institute. I wish him well uh, with that uh, online offering today. Uh, We're going to go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, I got some advice recently. Someone told me to take a hike. Go to the mountain. Find out why it was the best advice ever next on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? 
Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources today. I hope you're having a fantastic day. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. As we wrap up uh, our day and our week, we've got the movie show tomorrow. And a reminder, coming up at 12 o'clock, you've got uh, Governor Gary Herbert and the Coronavirus Task Force press conference, as they uh, tend to do on a Thursday. Uh, you can check that out live here on KSL News Radio. Uh, also, just a reminder that you can uh, listen to KSL News Radio live and on demand on the KSL News Radio app, powered by our friends at Any Hour Services. Great way to go back and catch anything you missed. It's also a great way to make sure you don't miss anything in the first place. You can have that on your digital device. And uh, you want to keep those conversations going as we go throughout the day. I found myself yesterday going back and re listening to Rabbi Sachs. Uh, a number of times because he said so many things that were just so fascinating to me uh, that really got me thinking in a, in a lot of different directions. And as most of you know, this show and my uh, columns in the Deseret News and other places uh, are really the place that I go to try to put some thoughts together to make things make sense in my own head, <laughs> in my own heart. Uh, and hopefully it's helpful to you along the way as you uh, listen and as you read. Sometimes uh, I really like to just try to get out of the way and let the principles or let a, a an event from history or some extraordinary people demonstrate the power and inspiration uh, of both the human and the divine. As I mentioned before the break, I was recently given some really great advice uh, by someone I just admire greatly. He told me that I needed to set aside some time every week to go to the mountain and he wasn't telling me to just go for a hike, although maybe I should do that too. Uh, he was encouraging me to take really an, an internal trek, an internal hike, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, to, to make an ascent, as he promised, uh, that would always be worth it. And so the things that I find is that insight and inspiration, they, they come when you make that difficult and sometimes daunting climb to the, the place we like to call the commanding heights. Because from that viewpoint from that mountaintop uh, you can get a whole different kind of vision your vision gets sharpened your vision gets stretched uh, you can perceive and experience and know new things and see old things in in really new and exciting ways it's that there's nothing like that view from higher up and whenever we get higher up mentally emotionally spiritually we always learn and then we can apply what we learn because it isn't enough to just go to the mountain and stay on the mountain or just enjoy the mountain. You have to learn from the mountain and then you have to apply what you learn from the mountain. Uh, and that's kind of what I try to do here every day. My little perch here at KSL News Radio and at the Deseret News is my little view from somewhere. And I find that my view gets expanded when I go to someone else's mountain. And I learned the lessons of their climb and their view of human potential or their insight for fostering you know, strength in our society and our communities. It's from the commanding heights of principle, moral imagination that the most exciting conversations for me happen. Uh, and that's what we got yesterday uh, with Rabbi uh, Lord Jonathan Sachs. Uh, he is just uh, an amazing, an amazing man, an amazing vision uh, one of the real revered moral voices of our time. 
he's really kind of one of those keeper of the flames of the the moral voice. And it was really interesting. We started yesterday uh, talking about fires. <laughs> we were talking about the fires raging across the American West and all the challenges, the tragedy, the lives lost. And we started to talk about all of the causes. And there are a number of causes that can begin with human ignorance or stupidity. You can have mismanagement uh, and overregulation, and you can add in climate change. And you can just put all of those things together, and it's a it's a pretty deadly combination. Uh, but what Rabbi Sachs wanted to talk about was cultural climate change. And he said the the ingredients, the symptoms there are divisive politics, inequitable economics, social and racial unrest, uh, the threats to free speech and cancel culture. All of those things are intrinsically connected. And the results can be catastrophic, just like the real wildfires we're uh, battling out here in the West. And the only way we get past those is, is in coming together. And so as I re-listened to much of what the rabbi was telling us yesterday, uh, was providing that with the, the heat of the political rhetoric, the, the rising heat that happens there, the, the cancer of contempt that we've talked about, it's scorching our societal connections, the climate really is changing. Uh, but then this is where the rabbi did something that uh, I, he just does so magically. He flipped it. So we were talking about heat and anger, and frustration. And then he said the other kind of climate change that is happening in our society is cold. Just the opposite of heat. He talked about an Arctic frost of isolation and loneliness. We talked about despair and freezing relationships, ruining families, chilling civil society. So it's really critical to note that the, the, the view from higher up the view from those commanding heights is not about looking down and passing judgment. The, the commanding heights, the mountain of moral imagination, it's designed to be a place where possibilities are explored and solutions are found. So Rabbi Sachs uh, shared a number of solutions for us yesterday. And one was, he said, there's one way to conceptualize the change that's needed, and it's by moving from a social contract which invites us to think about what we can gain, to a social covenant, which invites us to think about the impact we can have on others. A contract is a transaction focused on interest and who benefits, whereas a covenant is a relationship focused on, I love this, identity and what can be transformed together. And that's where everything changes for me. We can get past seeing an individual who's struggling as some kind of liability to be managed, and we can see them as someone of infinite worth with immense potential to develop. And the same is true in our failing communities and neighborhoods, that we can see them not as liabilities to be managed, but as places of immense potential and opportunity. But we have to have a different kind of conversation to do that. Uh, we have to get the kind of society that will embrace this idea that, that free markets and financial success are, are unsustainable and worth little without social capital and moral economics. I think that's so important. Uh, the rabbi said, relating to civil society, 
He said, we will lose not just money and jobs, but something more significant still, freedom, trust, and decency, the things that have a value, not a price. Love that. As I mentioned, you can go and and get uh, my full conversation with Rabbi Sachs. We covered all kinds of things, including the the limits of self-help. We talked about the impact of loneliness, the short-sightedness of the whole cancel culture, the the need, the apparent need for free speech, and the promise of shared responsibility. And and to me, those are the things that that really matter and and are really critical to us in in a really tough time. Uh, you know, when I was uh, when I was a, a missionary in Japan, and then I was uh, in Malaysia years ago, and I, I came across this little saying that kind of reminded me of uh, my mountain experience yesterday. Uh, going to the mountain, you always get that view from higher up. Uh, this is from uh, Raoul Dummel, uh, and he talks about the climb and why we should do it. He says, you cannot stay on the summit forever. You have to come down again. So why bother in the first place? That's always the question. Why climb? Why push so hard? Why try so hard? Why be involved? Why make a difference in your community? Just this. What is above knows what is below. What is below does not know what is above. One climbs, one sees. One may descend and see no longer, but one has seen. There is an art to conducting oneself in the lower regions of life by the memory of what one saw higher up. When one can no longer see, one can at least still know. And I think that's where we have to get. You know, my my visit to uh, Rabbi Sachs Mountain and the commanding heights of moral imagination that he talked about Eventually, I had to come down, but nothing will erase the memory of what I saw and what I experienced higher up. Take a hike today. Go to the mountain. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on KSL News Radio's Inside Sources. And as always, as you go out into the world, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another... Pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.